All right. Hey, good morning. Wasn't that great worship? I told Trey, I said, Trey, these are such wonderful songs. And I know they're a challenge sometimes, you know, when we, you know, when we don't know them well or perhaps not familiar. But the words, if you'll just read the words of the songs, they're just incredibly, incredibly powerful. I just appreciate um, uh, how it prepares me anyway for preaching the word. Now, I need to tell you, I just put a cough drop in my mouth. I'm having a little bit of throat issues. No, I'm not sick, nothing like that. Just having issues. But if I strangle and fall to the stage, would someone please come either do the highlight remover or maneuver or CPR? I'll take either one, all right? Judy would appreciate it if you would do that, all right? Very good. Okay, hey, listen, we're in week number two of our series on the Holy Spirit, and I just want to share with you, it's blessing my heart. It, it's, it's caused me to do some studying about the Holy Spirit. It's opened my eyes to so many things, so many practical things um, about the Holy Spirit. And that just happens to be the lead-in for our sermon title today, Practically Speaking. Now, you know, practical is kind of a nice word, being practical or practically uh, is a nice word. Um, if you're talking about truth and you say something is practically true, okay, then that means it's almost true. It's almost true. Um, if, you, if you did, like I did in math in high school, and I'd get it wrong, and I'd say, but ma'am, it's practically right, and she would go, yeah, but that's not right, okay? It was almost right. And it goes on and on. Things that almost were, were practically. But then there's another definition that we want to use today for the word practical or practically, and that is just something that's practical in our life, applicable in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about today. Big truth for Dwayne is just how practical the Holy Spirit is in my day-to-day walk, but not just me, but to every believer. But I'm just going, Lord, thank you. Here I am, 70 years old, and these are things that I've read all my life in scriptures, and yet for some reason they're really coming alive to me in my life. And I hope the exact same thing will happen to you, whether you're 13 or 7, or whether you're 70 or older than that. I hope the truth today will speak to your hearts. Don't, don't let the fact that it's about the Holy Spirit kind of tune you out. I really pray you'll tune in. In fact, you need to do it today. I need to encourage you, if you've got a smart device with you version on it, yep, go to that bottom right-hand corner, touch that thing, go to events and find Dorsville Baptist Church, and all the scriptures and slides that we're going to use today that are so helpful will be available for you until you lose your phone or throw it in the ocean, okay? And so I really hope that you'll do that. As a teacher, as a teacher, um, I hope that you will do that, all right? So our verse today is John 15, 26. That's our theme verse, but it also happens to be the uh, scripture we're going to use today. But again, practically speaking, how is the Holy Spirit practical? You know, you get a guy, you know, you give a man, you give a man a roll of duct tape and, and, a, and a pair of pliers, and he thinks he can rebuild an engine with those two things. Happy camper, you know. You, you take and give him a hammer and a roll of duct tape, and he believes he can build a house. But every professional knows you need more than that. You need more than that. And I want you to understand clearly that the Holy Spirit is not a roll of duct tape for our lives and a pair of pliers. He is so, so much more. Let's look at our starting point today. So, the Holy Spirit 
It's not like an adjustable wrench. Now, I don't know. You know, I've learned a long time ago, y'all call things different than I call things down south, okay? You know, y'all press buttons, we mash buttons, you know? I, I'll carry you to the store, and you won't drive me to the store. It's just a different world, okay? But, but I don't, my daddy taught me to say it wasn't an adjustable wrench. It was a crescent wrench. Yeah, Dwayne, go get me a crescent wrench. And I think it's because the top head of that thing is a little bit curved. But you turn that little knobby thing, and it gets smaller and bigger, and you can use one wrench to loosen a whole bunch of nuts, different size of nuts. Okay? And so, so but he's, I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit is just not like an adjustable wrench. Okay? Um, he, he's not like a Swiss Army knife. And again, you probably know what that is. You know, there's a Swiss Army knife. It has all these different tools. You can do a whole lot of things with a Swiss Army knife. You just can't do anything well with it, okay? So I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is multifaceted, but he's not like a Swiss army knife. And he's not one size fits all. You know, they, they say, I love it, they say, one size fits all, and, and you put the sucker on, and obviously was made for a guy who wore a small. Okay, you're looking at, you know, skin tight. One size fits all. Yeah, it might, but it doesn't do it well. I want you to understand today that the Holy Spirit is not like a crescent wrench, not like a Swiss army, not that one size fits all. He does all things well. And I mean, we're going we're gonna to look at this today. I'm excited to teach it to you today. Now, the Holy Spirit is the person of God, a person of God. Now, again, I want you to once again, I want you once again to think about that thought, okay? Because, you know, you know, we, and I'm sorry, but we as Baptists and so many other denominations, okay, have placed the Holy Spirit in the it category. Thank you, brother. He's bringing my water. You know, my it category or my thing category. You know, I really, and we talked about this last week, is that the Holy Spirit is a person of the Godhead. Just like the Father is a person of the Godhead, just like Jesus is a person of the Godhead, so the Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. It is a person of the Godhead. And this particular person of the Godhead lives in every believer. Whoa, stop, time out. You mean every believer? Yeah. Every person, when they trust Jesus Christ as Savior, receives the Holy Spirit in residence in their life. In fact, I've told you before, the Bible clearly teaches that's the Holy Spirit that causes that regeneration. It's the Holy Spirit that causes that person. You know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any person, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. It's the Holy Spirit that causes that to happen. So the Holy Spirit is the person of God who lives in every believer to meet what? Every need. Every need. This is so big and so important. You know, there's a great verse in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, okay? And it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Now, let me read and say that again, okay? By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. I love that verse. But now, in light of this message and this series, I'm understanding that everything is the Holy Spirit. He is everything we need to live a godly life. And he came to live in every believer when we were born again. So yeah, so he meets every need. He is invaluable and irreplaceable. He is invaluable and he is irreplaceable. I wrote this down. I told it to Judy and I really thought she's like, oh, Dwayne, that's really profound. She didn't. But hopefully you will. 
Hopefully you will. You know, back over in, in Lam Lamentations, okay, you know, where, where the Bible talks about God's mercies, his mercies are new every day. And remember I told you one time I read in a commentary or in a devotion uh, that, that that's talking about quality, quantity, okay, every day. He, he, he drums a boatload of mercy on us every day. But then in the Hebrew, that word carries the connotation of not only a boatload of mercy, but certain kinds of mercy. In other words, God subscribes his mercies for you new every day. And you may need a certain kind of mercy one day, and God does that. You may need a different kind of mercy on another day, and God does that. He just doesn't give that one-size-fits-all mercy. He prescribes it. And this Holy Spirit is invaluable and irreplaceable because, now I'm going to read it just to get it right. It's only eight words, but you, when you get old, you know how that is. Okay, so the Holy Spirit works in different ways on different days. Oh, I heard amen. Okay, let's, let's try it one more time. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make my day. Okay, all right? So the Holy Spirit works in different ways on different days. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay, now, now let me explain that because you're going, okay, what does that mean, Dwayne? What it means is, is the Holy Spirit, this wonderful Holy Spirit that God gives us, works in our lives as we need. So you lose your husband. Your heart is broken. The Holy Spirit comes to you as the great comforter. Comforter. On a beautiful day, you may not need a comforter, but he's there as the comforter. You're, you're, trying, you're trying to make an important decision. Should I, should I marry this person? Should I date this person? Okay? You're trying to make that important decision. Maybe on that day, he'll be the counselor for you. Um, maybe you're trying to decide, what should I do? I'm fixing to graduate from high school, and, and what career should I choose, Lord? Maybe that day he'll be your guide. And the list goes on and on. This wonderful Holy Spirit is so multifaceted, he can function in so many different ways in our life, and he does so on different days. As the Oh, this is, this is good. As the need is different in our life, so the Holy Spirit functions differently in our life day by day. And I just found that, I found that very, very, very uh, profound. Now, from last week, I want to go over a little bit from last week. Okay? I want to tell you that so you don't think I'm being too old and I forget too many things, okay? But remember, we talked about the word advocate is the word paraclete. That's the English word and the Greek word, of which I only know about three in my whole life, okay? But I know this one, okay? The word advocate in the Greek is parakletos. Paracletos, and it means paraclete, or translated paraclete in the English, and it means advocate. But it means so much more. It means so much more. Um, it means one of the same kind. And this was this is where so profoundly spoke to my heart last week that when you know, when Jesus is saying that that God the Father is going to send you another counselor, another paracletos, one of the same kind. He's saying he's going to send a counselor to you, a guide to you, one full of wisdom, and he's going to be just like me, but different. You know, uh, he, uh, it was Anne Graham Lotz who said, you know, he's just like Jesus, but a distinctly different person. Just like Jesus, but distinctly different. Remember we talked about last week about where Jesus said to Philip, if you want to know the Father, look at me. And I'm telling you, if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is like, look at Jesus. Because he's one of the same kind. 
Okay, it's just so very, very important. So, so one's thank God, one called alongside. I love this. I love this. You know, we've often said how cool it would be if we lived and walked with Jesus when he was here. Got something better for you. Because Jesus said, hey, listen, I got to go. I got to go away. I got to go away. But I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. In fact, the father's going to send a paracletos, one of the same kind with you. And he will be with you, be with you for how long? forever forever so jesus had to leave the disciples but here comes here comes the holy spirit and he's not going to walk beside us he's going to be in us and again that is just amazingly wonderful and some of the i mean this is a very 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 short list he is you know the bible says he calls him the comforter the counselor and the encourager and he's all of that and he's so much more. It's so much more. So, so we need to appreciate all that he is. Now, D.L. Moody, and I now refer to these guys as the old dead guys, because you probably don't know who D.L. Moody is, but I feel like I need to give him credit, even though he's long gone. Okay, He writes this great job description, if you will, for the Holy Spirit. Now, again, you should probably be taking note of this, because this is your friend, the Holy Spirit, who lives within you. God in you. Jesus in you. Okay? The work of the Spirit is, one, to impart life. We talked about he's the regenerative process and being born again, to implant hope. You know, when you're feeling hopeless, it's the Holy Spirit that God, is, that God sends and is to bring us hope, um, to give liberty. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And one of the great jobs, and we're going to talk about it in just a moment, one of the great jobs of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us, to testify about Jesus, to guide us into all truth. So when we're trying to make that big decision, what should I do, what should I do? He's to guide us uh, into all truth. He's to teach us all things. We need this. You know, how do we, how do I, hey, hey, Father, Father, how do I do life? And he says, I'll tell you what, I've given you the paracletos, and one of his jobs is to teach you all things. To comfort the believer. We talked about that earlier. Well, you know, when, when your heart is broken, you know, with the loss of Justin this, this past week, their hearts are broken. And the Holy Spirit, you know, brings comfort during those times. And to convict the world of sin. Convict the world. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that draws people to Jesus. Okay, it's not a, it's not a passionate preacher. It's not an emotional worship center. It is the, our center, a worship service. It is the, it is the uh, Holy Spirit that draws lost men and women to the Lord Jesus. Now, with that definition of the job description, to, to impart life, to implant hope, to give liberty, to testify, to guide, uh, to teach, and to comfort, and to convict, okay? Angram Lotz comes along with a, with a, what should our response be? What should our response be then? If the Holy Spirit is all of that, and he is, then what should our response be? Well, she wrote something, again, this is uh, Billy Graham's daughter, and kind of the, her reading plan in you version kind of got me fired up for this message series, okay? And so here's what she wrote, okay? Our responsibility to the Holy Spirit, our responsibility to the Holy, to the Holy Spirit is to cooperate with him, not be at odds with him, not fight him, not battle him, not disagree with him, okay? We're to cooperate with him. I love this. Choice by choice by choice. As we go through life, choice by choice by choice, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Well, she has several. When he says something needs to go, get rid of it. 
When something in your life is contrary and crossways with the will of God for your life, and the Holy Spirit is clearly saying, get rid of that thing, okay? What do you do? You get rid of it. When do you get rid of it? Now. Now. There's no debate about it. So when he speaks, you get rid of it. What does our next slide say? All right? When he, when he says a relationship needs to be severed, then sever it. And, and young people, students, I get this. You know, there's this dude or there's this girl. And either he or she is knocked down good looking. If it's a guy, he's so handsome, got a great personality. Or if it's, if it's a girl, she's knocked down gorgeous. Wow, isn't that incredible? And she chooses to like you. But the problem is she don't like Jesus. And, she, and she, he or she is leading you down a way you should not go. And you've got to make this decision. You know, what am I going to do with this? I mean, he's so good looking. She's so good looking. He's so popular. She's so popular. Well, what do I do with this, God? Well, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he's probably going to say something like this. Hey, when a relationship that runs crossways with God, that runs crossways with God, needs to be severed, what do you do? You sever it. You sever it, okay? Well, what about when he says we need to offer forgiveness to that person? You're the one that offended you 15 minutes ago out in the foyer. You're the one that this week offended you. And, and when I said, when I, whenever I say these kind of words about forgiveness, a name instantly pops into your head. And you say something like this, I will never forgive them for what they did. What they did is unforgivable. Okay? Well, when he says we need to offer forgiveness to that person, what do we do? We offer forgiveness to that person. That's cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at one more slide. Okay? So, if he says to break that habit, you break the habit. When? Now, and look what she says. Don't procrastinate. Don't rationalize it away. Don't excuse or defend yourself. Do what he says when he says it. Do what he says. That is cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And just about now, you should be asking yourself, do you cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Do you cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Now, you should, not because it's the right thing to do necessarily, but it's for your good. I mean, God is on your side, and the Holy Spirit's on your side, and He will never, never lead you astray. We should do what He says when He says do it. Now, again, as, I was, as I've been doing this study, I mean, I've always, unlike Ingram Lotz, you know, my preacher always at least mentioned the Holy Spirit. I knew who He was and what He did. But it really wasn't very impactful into my life. And already through two weeks of studying this, um, something has occurred to me. Are you ready? Okay. Jesus, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit is not the radio in my car. He's the engine. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not the radio in my car. He is the engine. What do you mean, Dwayne? Okay. I can work perfectly well without a radio in my car. But without the engine, I'm not going anywhere, okay? Well, the Holy, we sometimes treat the Holy Spirit like the radio. Totally optional. Dwayne, you can go another year and never mention the Holy Spirit as far as I'm concerned. Dangerous. Dangerous. Because you see, the Holy Spirit is not only the power source. Without the engine, you're just not going anywhere. And look at me. I'm telling you right now, without you acknowledging and cooperating with the Holy Spirit spiritually... You're just not going anywhere. You're going to find yourself stuck in the parking lot of life. And God wants you to move on. All right. So what we want to do in the next few minutes I've got left 
And we'll go, this is going to be one of those sermons, hey, Nancy, this is going to be a slice of bread. We'll quit when we have to, okay? Um, but So we're going to look at least, I've got five things listed on the sermon sheet and on the worship event. Um, so we may get through those, we may not. But we're going to look at five things that the Holy Spirit does for us. And this is a short list. I mean, I, I found out when I started studying for the Holy Spirit, like I said, it's so funny, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it was Josh who said, I think I mentioned this last week, you know, it seems like there's not a whole lot of songs distinctly about the Holy Spirit. Uh, in that way in the Bible, you know, the Holy Spirit is so fully mentioned, uh, and especially in the New Testament and the Acts and the Epistles, he's, it's just choosing which scripture to use. There's just so many. And the Gospels, when Jesus started revealing that the Holy Spirit was coming, oh my goodness, it's just full of truth about the Holy Spirit. All right, let's look at number one. First off, this is John 14, 26, and this is our series um, scripture, but it's also, it teaches us that the Holy Spirit, that's a play on words, he teaches us that the Holy Spirit is our Teacher, here's what Jesus said. But when the Father sends the advocate, the paracletos, okay, one like me. So when the Father sends one like me as my representative. So, so what Jesus is saying there, it's one like me to represent me. One like me to represent me. So when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, he tells us now, in case you're wondering, the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so here, we, here we get into the, the school of life, and our instructor then is the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach me everything. All right, remember the scripture in 1 Peter uh, 1, 3? Okay, God gives us everything we need to live a godly life. Okay, here we go. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything. So not only, not only will he teach us, he'll remind us. He'll, he'll bring scriptures to mind. Oh, I wish, I wish I was better at scripture memory. But I've lived long enough to get a few of them anyway. And if I can't get it totally right in, the, in quoting it, I sometimes can remember where it is in the Bible. That is so vitally important. And you're going to see why in just a moment, okay? So the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and he will teach us everything. It's so important, okay? Now... Blackaby, now, now this is a guy you should know. Henry Blackaby just died, just died, um, went to heaven. Great man of God. What was so cool about Henry Blackaby was so humble. He was so humble. And he wrote the Bible study, Experiencing God. Anybody heard of Experiencing God? Yeah, well, he's the guy who wrote it, and he died. Well, here's his quote, and it's so good. It's so good. God speaks, now you need to write this down or circle it or something. God speaks through a variety of means, okay, in the present. So God has different ways he speaks to his children in the present. And by the way, I happen to believe this. I happen to believe this. In the present, God primarily speaks by the Holy Spirit. Got that? How, now, 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 now. How does the Holy Spirit speak? Ah, okay. Through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church. So in this present time, Henry says, and again, your pastor totally believes this, okay? In the present time, he speaks through the Holy Spirit, and often that is through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church. Okay, now I'm going I'm to help you here, okay? Uh, this is not going to be comfortable. You're fixing to sit on a pen, okay? All right, number one, you know, if, if it's true, and I honestly believe it is, that God, how many of y'all think, just for, let's take a little poll. How many of y'all believe that God speaks to his word? 
Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Okay, that one was pretty easy. Okay, so if we believe that the Bible, that God speaks through the Bible, and we're not reading the Bible, we're missing out on God speaking to us. Oh, and that and that cool. This all I saw this you know like this morning. I went, oh my goodness, Father. Yes. So, so when we say we don't read the Bible, all we get is whatever I say or your Sunday school teacher or somebody says, you know, if that's all we get, then we're not hearing the Holy Spirit to speak in our lives because if he speaks to the Bible, we're not reading the Bible, then the Holy Spirit can't, we don't, we're not hearing his voice. Okay. Let's try another one. Let's try prayer. Okay. If Henry Blackaby's right and God speaks to us through our prayers and our prayer, you know, prayer is a two way street. We talk and we listen. Talk and we listen. But, but if we're not praying, and he's right, of course. If, he's, if, he's, if we're prayer, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks through prayer, and we're not praying, then we're not hearing what God's got to say through the Holy Spirit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So now we're not reading the Bible. We missed that one. And then all of a sudden we're not praying, so we missed that one. Well, yeah, you get ready to sit on a pen. So then there's church, you know, either through sermons or through fellowship here, something someone will say, your Sunday school class, through the wonderful songs of worship, whether it be the old ones or the new ones, doesn't matter, okay? If it's through church and, and we're not regular in our church attendance, I'll let you define that, we're not regular in our church attendance, or let's just say this, when we're not hearer, then the Holy Spirit can't perhaps speak to our heart through that medium either, and all of a sudden we find ourselves with the Bible, no, with prayer, no, and church, no. We're missing three-fourths of the Holy Spirit trying to speak to us. It's no wonder we're struggling in life. Now, circumstances, on the other hand, we all, we all have circumstances, don't we? But here's the deal. Without the Bible and prayer and church to help us to discern, and the Holy Spirit speaking through those three, help us discern our circumstances, then we have a twisted view of our circumstances and of God. This is when we say, if God is so good, why is this happening to me? We lose the focus, we lose the interpretation, we lose the, the world, the, the spiritual view of our circumstances. And all that happens, it multiplies when, when we're not reading our Bible or praying or going to church, our circumstances come out all wonky. And we learn, we start blaming God. But now what's amazing is this, now I've lived long enough to do this. Now, what I love about this teaching, it's not saying your circumstances are all good. It doesn't even say we're going to understand our circumstances. But what I found out, and I bet you'll agree with me on this one, when you're in the Bible reading it, trying to understand that, and you're praying, and then, and then you, you come to church and you hear somebody talk or the worship, all of a sudden your circumstances come sharper into vision. In vision. And you're seeing perhaps what God is doing through that medium. And it's not uncommon for Dwayne or Judy or Brent or somebody to say, I see what God is doing in this circumstance. It could be something as serious as a terminal illness for one of your loved ones. It could be a change of a career. It could be a bad boss at work. Staff at DBC, don't touch that. 
Well, thank y'all. That. Okay, so it's, this is just so big and so important. So, so we need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. If we're going to cooperate with him, we've got to let the Holy Spirit speak to us, um, and we've got to um, read our Bibles. We've got to pray. We've got to go to church, and then we'll better understand our circumstances. All right? Now, our second one is he's our helper. He's our helper. This is a good one. Romans 8, 26, the first part. Okay, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So, so we all got weaknesses. Don't be afraid to say, I have weaknesses. I have kinks in my armor. I have weaknesses. Of course you do. But the great part is the Holy Spirit helps us in those weaknesses. Of course, you probably won't know that if you're not reading your Bible, praying and being in church because you won't recognize it. Okay, but the Holy Spirit then, the Holy Spirit wants to help us in our weaknesses. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9 where you know, Paul's getting a response from God about you know, something he was praying about. And he said, Paul, you need to understand something. My power works best in weakness. So when we start recognizing our weaknesses, all of a sudden we are set up for God's power. This is good. For God's power to work in a greater way in our lives. Say it again. When, we're, uh, when we see our weaknesses, we've set ourselves up to recognize God's power to work in our lives in a bigger way. Billy Graham said this. Everybody likes Billy Graham. The Holy Spirit is our helper and guide. He's leading a guy, as guide. He's leading us to all truth. And then as our, our helper, he's helping us in our weaknesses. Billy Graham is totally correct. The Holy Spirit is so practical, so practical and so needful in our lives. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25, Paul said this, since we are living by the Spirit, now keep in mind, we all have the Holy Spirit, okay? So since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. It just makes sense. You've got this wonderfully powerful gift called the Holy Spirit. It just makes sense. To follow his leading is to make sense to let him be a part of every part of our lives. That's what Paul was saying. Now, this one I really like. I really do. Um, and that is Romans chapter 8, verse 26b. Okay. Now, now let me read. Let me tie this together because I think it's kind of cute. Okay. All right. So Paul comes along and says this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And Paul, being the great teacher, says, what you need is an example. So look what he says. For example. I mean, Paul could have pulled a bunch of things out. But you know what's funny to me? I got this in between services. You know, you know what's funny to me? I have a stinking suspicion that even in these early days of the early church, people were starting to misunderstand prayer. I think that's why he said this. Of all the examples he could pull out, he says, For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Now let me, may I, may I, you want me to interpret interpret that, you want me to interpret that for you? Yeah, let me interpret it for you. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. You want me to try to explain what Paul is saying? Sure, I'll be glad to. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. We struggle with prayer. I'm so glad that Paul said we, he didn't say you. He didn't say you've got a problem. He said we have a problem. The great apostle Paul. 
says, I don't always get it right in prayer. And let me just break your day. You don't always get in prayer right in prayer. And guess what? I certainly don't get it, always get it right in prayer. Oh boy, that's that's hard. Yeah, but look what? Here comes the Holy Spirit. Here comes our helper. The Holy Spirit prays for us. I love that. So while I'm up here trying to get it right, and sometimes I am groaning. I just don't know, God, what to pray. I don't know what your will is. The Holy Spirit's up in heaven praying with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. He's a great prayer warrior for us. So, so when you feel like you're not getting it right in prayer, don't worry. The Holy Spirit never gets it wrong. When you feel like you're not getting it right in prayer, it's okay. In fact, can I say this? When you're praying and it seems like God never answers your prayers, it's okay because he's answering the Holy Spirit's. That's good. That's good. Look at our intercessor, 827. And the Father, who knows all hearts, quote, he knows all our needs. What did Jesus say? Hey, the Father knows what you need before you ask. Before you ask. So, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. Well, well, how does the Holy Spirit get it right? For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with what? God's will. See, when we pray in accordance with God's will is when God hears and answers our prayers. You know, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, you know, talks about that. He says, we know he hears our prayers when we pray in accordance with his will. And this was huge because I really believe that probably by, you know, a couple of decades, three, four decades after, people are starting to get confused about prayer. Okay? And, it's, and again, it's more about intimacy with God than getting what we want. And the Holy Spirit is there as our great intercessor. And how wonderful is that? Shall we do one more? All right, we're going to. I've got a minute and 28 seconds. Okay? He's our guide. Now, students, this is big. This is for you and us. Okay? Look what, look what John 16, 13 says. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, here's the deal. You know, I'm 70. Okay? And in this wacko, wacky, wonky culture, I, I don't understand it. Matter of fact, I'm far from understanding it, but I, I, I've learned, at least in culture, to recognize what truth is. I don't care what, I don't care what culture says about same gender, uh, same, you know, homosexuality, uh, transgender. I don't, I, that, I, they're just wrong. <laughs> they're just wrong. Because why is it, right, that's awful prideful. No, it's the Bible. The Bible says it's wrong. And I just learned, I just learned to go with the Bible. I just learned to go with the Bible, okay? So, but here's the deal, students. You're right in the middle of all this. You know, you, you go to, you hear it from teachers, you hear it from administration, you hear it from school, you certainly see it on television, all these places. Well, what about that? You know, culture says it's okay, and God says it's not. What do I do? When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you. You ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Not your friends, not even your mama and your daddy. You ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And how does he speak? Well, he speaks through the Bible and he speaks through the prayer. And yeah, in the church environment. But he will 
guide you in this. And that's so, so, so important. I like what R.C. Sproul said, and this, we'll close with this. Um, R.C. Sproul, again, another older preacher, you know, it is the Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible. All Scripture is God-breathed, God-breathed, Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who inspired the Word, but watch this. It is the Holy Spirit who illuminates or illumines the Bible. So in other words, the Holy Spirit inspired the Word, but he also, have you all ever read a scripture before and you go, what does that mean? And then you go back two weeks later and all of a sudden you read that same scripture and it jumps off the page and smacks you in the face. That's the Holy Spirit. When, when something makes absolutely no sense and all of a sudden it does, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. He illumines. He makes the word of God come alive. He makes the word of God come alive. You don't know how I do these messages. Let me just tell you, they don't come from sermon.net, okay? But, but I'll, I'll write this sometime during the week, organize these scriptures and stuff. And then a lot of my study time, my final study time is Saturday night and Sunday morning. Um, I'm up about 5 or 4 o'clock in the morning studying, and I stay up to about 10 o'clock at night studying. More. And I cannot tell you how much the Holy Spirit just illuminates. Some of the stuff I shared with you today is something he gave me even this morning. And I believe he gave it to me. You know what? I believe he'll do the same for you. The Holy Spirit is irreplaceable and invaluable. Do not be afraid of him. He is so practical. And we need him in our lives if we're going to get out of the parking lot, if you will. The spiritual parking lot. And do what God wants us to do. I pray, as we finish up for next week, but I pray that the Holy Spirit looks different to you. And I want to challenge you. Let me challenge you. You can get on the internet and Google scriptures on the Holy Spirit. That's all you need to write. And then you'll have all these scriptures of what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Not some, not some jocko out in California, but what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be amazed how wonderfully varied and powerful he is and how he essentially is to our lives. Would you bow your heads right there, please? Boy, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate that so much. Now, I don't know where you are. You might be that, that you've never become a Christian. And, and maybe that, remember I talked about how the Holy Spirit who draws people to Jesus? Maybe you're feeling this really strange thing about, I just feel like I need Jesus in my life. You can't explain it. You didn't come up with it. But you're feeling, maybe God's pulling me to become a, a believer in Jesus. Well, Brent's going to be standing down front. And we want to invite you to come down and say, Brent, I don't understand all of this. I don't understand all of this, but I do know something. It just seems God's telling me that I need to have my sins forgiven. Can you tell me how? And Brent would be glad to explain that to you. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in life. You're struggling with things. I hope it was encouraging to know that the Holy Spirit you know, works differently in different ways on different days. You've got to believe that no matter what you face tomorrow, the Holy Spirit will be there for you. He'll be there to address the difficulty of your life. And he promises to never leave us and never to forsake us. And students and beyond the, them, when we, need, when we need truth, don't turn to culture. Don't turn to culture. Turn to God. Turn to the Word. It's pretty wacky these days. It's pretty wacky. Turn to God. He'll guide you and He'll direct you. Now, Lord, 
It was just my privilege today to share these truths. And I'm not sure how good or bad I did, but I know you did good. And I'm thankful for your word that always does good. Father, there's someone here who needs Jesus. May they have the courage to step out, even though they don't understand everything. Give them the courage to step out, take Brent by the hand and say, I want to know more about this Jesus. If there's someone here struggling in life right now, give them the courage, Holy Spirit, to listen to you as you guide and direct them through the circumstances in their life. And God, thank you for this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. One just like Jesus, but who lives in us. Thank you for that. This invitation time, this decision time is yours. And Jesus, I pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen.